Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And we're back with another episode of the podcast. And we're excited for this one because we got this episode topic maybe an hour and a half before recording this. And it's fresh on our brains because we just experienced it. Yeah, we had something else planned, and then we were like, but what if we didn't do that? What if we talked about something that we just spent, like, seven hours doing last night? <laughs> yeah. uh, the other choice is good. We will get to it, but this one's great, and I'm amped up, and I cannot be stopped because ADD. So, this episode, we're going to discuss uh, something that we literally spent seven or eight hours straight last night doing, which was playing our... Favorite tabletop war games on Tabletop Simulator, which is a, a computer app on Steam, which we'll explore in more detail in a little bit. Um, so at the start of the episode, we always start with a little bit of hobby time and games played. And uh, the games played section has been a little bare for a while, but it will not be today, my friends. But uh, in case you're, you know, missing that bareness, the only thing I've managed to do hobby-wise this week was drop my Drake and break its wing. So no. <laughs> well, I mean, as as a good good loyalist, on one hand, I'm delighted, but as a fellow hobbyist, I'm distraught. Why? Why'd you do that? I wasn't on purpose. Like, <laughs> thanks, bud. <laughs> like, like, I didn't eat my Heldrake into the ground on purpose. It's just like, don't. <laughs> I mean, how bad did it break? Was it like a wing or like... Yeah, one of the wings popped out. Like, it's not going to take long to fix it. I just keep staring at it in shame. Crying every time. Obligatory Fs in the chat for John's Heldrake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to keep up the, the bareness for hobbying, I hobbied nothing. I've, I've been a, a bad, bad hobbyist this week. Um... I don't know what, like, my my urge to create, like, content and stuff is still high, but for whatever reason, like, my paint motivation has fallen down, and I don't know what it is, but I gotta try to pick it back up. So I apologize, y'all, but we'll try again next week. However, for games played, whoo, we got stuff to talk about. Last night, John and I got together with our friend Tanner to play not one, but two games of uh tabletop simulator together uh first game john and i went toe to toe him bringing his uh beast of chaos and me bringing a bunch of gloom spike gets it was a bloodbath yeah <laughs> it did not go how i thought it would go uh but it certainly was a bloodbath um, uh i have wanted to play beast of chaos for years i have the models i've been building them and painting them like off and on for years I haven't sat down and actually played a game of Beasts of Chaos before. And, uh, yeah, it shows. It shows real bad. My goat man just went, bah, and died. Like, it was <laughs> it was pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if it makes you feel better, it was also my first game of Gloom Spike Gets. It so. make me feel better. Like, it <laughs> <laughs> I would prefer if, like, you were a veteran Gloom Spike Gets player. Like, yeah, it's no big deal. It kind of just puts you in the dirt. Like, it's whatever, dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. it, it was absolutely a good time. Like, even, even losing, it was great to play the game. Like, even when all my stuff got massacred, it was just laughs and fun the whole time. Oh, dear God, it was. Uh, 
Yeah, I would. So this is normally where I would tell you my army list, but really it's kind of short for the gloob spike gets because the way this game played out, I put 60 goblins in the middle of the board. And then I put some other stuff on the wings, but that other stuff is entirely irrelevant. It did nothing. All of it did nothing. Uh, literally did nothing in most cases. It was like a 60-person strong street gang of glue spite <laughs> little goblin dudes went up and shanked all my goat men to death. Bestigors, nope, not bestigors, more like deadigors. They were just gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, like, he got opening turn, and he ran his uh, a 10 block of Vestigors at my 60 blob of goblins. And these, like, awful Chad goats came strolling over to try to give us wedgies, and we just wanted to play hacky sack. Be left alone. No, you had to kill, like, you swung everything you had, killed three goblins, and then everybody yep. else stopped hacky sacking, snorted a bunch of PCP, Pulled out rusty daggers and dive piled like you were Julius Caesar. It was. <laughs> it is March. <laughs> Ides of March. It's about stabbing together. And I, I gotta hand it to the Gloop Spite. They get the message. They really do. We're just trying to hack you set in the park a lot of this Whole Foods, and you decided to come over here and set fire to our little cardboard with a breakdancing on. We'll stab you to death, old man. I don't give a shit. What? <laughs> It's, and they did it. They did it. They stabbed those Ted goats and then ran across the board and stabbed 10 more and their boss to death. Like, Yeah, it was it was very good. The Beast Lord <laughs> didn't even get an action. Yeah, like they got to the Beast Lord. And he was like, oh, I do five wounds. And I was like, neat. He's like, how many wounds do you have? Five. No. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Oopie doopie. Oopie doopie. Um, yeah. Yeah, what really sucks is that we pretty much called it after that, because once you take out over a half of somebody's army in a single swing, like, it's, it's pretty much game over. But even if he did manage to chop his way through all 60 of those goblins, the little bastards are gonna pop out of the giant rock behind him anyway. Yeah, because the other 30 goblins are inside the Whole Foods, buying hummus and, like, I don't know. Pacholi. <laughs> they come out and see their buds getting attacked in the parking lot. They cannot have it. Although, someone out there, please explain to me how this rock is just on the battlefield. Like, do do they drag it everywhere they go? Uh, I, I know a lot of the terrain features races summon. Like, I play Sylvanath, so like they summon forests wherever they go. Okay, I got it. Or like, the Fire Slayers, they snap their fingers and magically the furnace will appear. Okay, I got it. I got it. Um, but how does this giant 80-foot rock just pop up? Well, I mean... It's shaped like a moon and no one noticed it. It's probably in their Chevy Astro van and they just pull it out and like put it up in the parking lot. Ah, uh, they got the extended body. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so, all kosher. Yeah, that was that was game one. It was a it was a holler brawl. It was John and I's favorite type of game. Um messy. Just like us. Yeah. <laughs> but we had a whole sweet? lot of fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh and it actually made us want to play more. Um and we probably would have played each other a second time, but our bud Tanner was with us. Tanner, I know you're listening. What up, bud? Um 
Tanner was with us and he was actually like recording it through Shadowplay so that we we're not going to post a battle report on Tabletop Simulator. Do not worry, y'all. But on YouTube, if it looks good enough, we'll just, you know, we'll throw it up on the YouTube channel. It's like a little bonus video. Don't worry. It's not going to replace a podcast episode or anything. It'll just be like a couple like clips of like, look at the dumb stuff we did just because we were already doing it anyways. Yeah, we were already doing it. So we figured like bonus stuff. If you guys want to maybe get a couple of chuckles with us. Um and Tanner was recording for that first game, and then afterwards, he wanted to play 40k, because he had never tried Tabletop Simulator. So, John sort of arbitered for us, because John has the cabbage for 40k, and we do not. Big cabbage. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, instead, we switched over to a 40k table, and switched armies to 40k armies, and Tanner brought, uh, Tanner, the true war boss, brought orcs yet again um a whole bunch of speed freaks just a bunch of mad max orcs all over the field it was a tell the warnos tell me not was his name yes warboss tell Tell me me not um and i brought custodies so he had like 60 bottles and i had 11 yeah 11 (laughs) and uh we we sort of deployed on the smaller board size for a 1,000 point game. And being a board that small, we realized very quickly that like, oh, my stuff moves like 14 inches and his stuff moves like 18 inches. So this is going to get real bad real fast. And uh, And now they kiss. (laughs) Yeah. And that's precisely what happened. Uh, we set up, it rolled off, and I have to go first, because that's the way it works now. Whoever wins the dice roll has to go. So I had to go first, and I looked across the board and all of his stuff and went, yeehaw, and <laughs> hit the throttle and sent everything up. Everything. All the bikes. I sent the bike captains and the troops onto the objectives. Just everybody get in there. And it, I did just got stuck in i think in the first turn of shooting i killed two of his buggies and then a unit of knobs on bikes and then dealt a bunch of damage to a one of his trucks um it it got real real bloody he counterattacked on his turn uh trying to like swing out at me and in a lot of places he didn't really get too much traction However, my, my boy, my captain got caught out in the middle of the board and swarmed, absolutely swarmed. Uh, I think he got shot 40 times. Oh yeah. And then he got punched to death. Like, um, I'm pretty sure that you now know how it feels, Joseph. Yes. 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 Joe, you know now how you too were in the parking lot. You now have been beaten to death. (laughs) Except for this parking lot was the Dick Sporting Goods. (laughs) And these hooligans came at me. These Um, rugby players, they came out of the Dick Sporting Goods and beat me to death with protein shakes and bang energy drinks. Absolute menaces to society. Um... And that, like, I will admit, the the shield captain surprised me with just how durable he was. He absorbed a ton of hits. But eventually, his, like, war boss came in with all the knobs, with a truck, with ten boys, and all of that together, just under weight of dice. Eventually, he got my captain. Um, which was cool. Like, he, he definitely, like, plucked him off the board 
And then it came to my turn. And uh, all of the custodians saw their captain fall, and they were real mad about it. And uh, it showed, because the bikes turned around and dove in. The, like, regular custodian guards on foot with spears absolutely threw them things through the radiator and blew up two trucks. The the bikes themselves dove in and cleaned up all the knobs. They, the shooting on the bikes blew up a third truck. Um, my Telamon Heavy Dreadnought then sized up the lone war boss who had just killed his captain and turned him into what I can only call street pizza. I just squished him like a bug. Well, that's how we got the name for the war boss, the Tell Me Not. Is it? <laughs> Oi, boys, what's the odds? <laughs> well, the odds are uh, not looking too good, boss. Blang, kills him. Uh, what, tell me the odds I want to hear. <laughs> what was that? You, you changed accents halfway through. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm terrible at accents. It's great. Uh, perfect. Um, not really. Orcs, for orcs, it makes sense. They don't even know how they talk. Like, it's true. They have no idea. Uh. And then the the war boss got squished. Literally by the by the end of turn two, there was a single orc boy left on the field. That was it. That was the entirety of what was left. Um, it was brutal. It probably would have been a little more difficult for me to mop him up had his own truck not blown up and dealt a bunch of mortal wounds to all of his own boys. But such is the life of orcs. The the explosions giveth and they taketh away. And in this instance, they they took it. They took it away. And uh, that was a bloody match, but it was uh, absolute barrel of fun. Um, I I like a game where we both know what we're here for. We were here to joust, and by the emperor, we jousted. I'm gonna I'm gonna play you at some point this week with my chaos. I'll probably be playing. I'll play World Years against something of yours. Well, I mean, well, that's kind of the nice thing about tabletop simulators. I could pull up any army. Yeah. Like, that's, which we'll get to in a moment. But I mean, we could pull up anything. Yeah. And throw it out, which is pretty freaking sweet. Um, Which is kind of like, all of that is the impetus for why we wanted to make this episode. Because, like, tabletop simulator has become so much easier to use as the community has started to sort of support it. And we think it is very much so worth talking about. Henceforth, today's episode. Um, so to that end, I think we kind of start with the basics. Like for for people who play competitively, you you guys have been using uh, Tabletop Simulator for the past year due to obviously COVID uh, shutting down in-person events. Many of those competitive games have gone to online formats just to be able to keep playing, which is incredible. Uh However, for more casual people out there who don't play competitively, or maybe if you're a newer hobbyist, you might have not heard of Tabletop Simulator, at least not in reference to the hobby and kind of what it means. So for those out there who sort of aren't in the know, we thought we'd just break it down kind of quickly. Um, generally speaking, Tabletop Simulator is a, ga is a game that was developed on Steam and released with workshop support. And its purpose is exactly what it says on the tin. I mean, your your goal with the app is to use your mouse to, like, pick up dice and pieces and move it around a little virtual table, literal table, 
that has generally used to be like board games and stuff on top of it. So you could play like Monopoly or Candyland or, you know, Settlers of Catan or whatever on that little virtual board game with friends anywhere they are in the world over the internet. And you can move your pieces and roll your dice and stuff like that. However, over sort of quarantine, it has taken on a whole new level. Yeah, uh, like as a medium, we kind of didn't think about touching it too often. Like we touched it towards the beginning of quarantine and played with it a little bit. But we were like, "Eh." we kind of got into the doldrums of like quarantine life, I guess. I still, like, kept up with it, like, online, like, when watching stuff and stuff like that. But I kind of switched to, like, doing a lot of Total Warhammer or, like, I've been playing a lot of Elite Dangerous uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, video games. But now with, like, a light at the end of the tunnel, at least here in the States, um, you can see, like, the benefit of kind of kind of coming back into the new edition uh, through some sort of medium. Yeah. And... Tabletop Simulator really benefits that. Uh, and not just for Games Workshop games, but upon like thinking about it this morning as I was like drinking coffee, is this is great for trying new games that you don't want to have to put $200 into to start and see if you even like. Oh god, yes. That is one of the main benefits, is that you don't have to throw a whole bunch of money down to try some of this stuff. Yeah. Which we'll get to in a in a little while when we talk about like the benefits of the hobby. Um, but generally speaking, it has just exploded from community support as a way for us to play Warhammer in a time when we probably couldn't play Warhammer. Which is pretty great. But yeah. I think when talking about it, the first thing that kind of kicks into people's heads is a concern. You know, does this replace the real game in the future you know if it's already started to rapidly get better will it just continue to get better and replace our tabletop miniatures and i think for me the answer is i would be shocked if it did um my answer is a yes and a no yeah yeah uh, that's fair i can see i i think i know what you're getting at but we'll we'll dig into that um yeah let's let's, let's dish for me i let's think fight there's a whole lot of benefit, which we'll get to in a moment, to Tabletop Simulator. I mean, just in sort of quick hitters, it saves you a bunch of money. You could play with people who aren't necessarily near you geographically. You could play armies that you didn't have to spend a whole bunch of time building and painting. You could test out lists that you might not necessarily want to just blindly spend your cash on that you've been saving up. Um, it, you know, There's a whole lot of things about it that are great. But... It still has its drawbacks sort of inherent to the medium. And some of them can be mitigated, but some of them you just can't. Um, and for me, I think the main reason that it will never re fully, totally replace in-person tabletop miniature wargaming is that it's, a, it's just different than when you're in a room with all your friends around a table laughing and, like, you know, having snacks and drinks and stuff, chilling. A Discord room isn't the same. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, it's lacking a sense of sort of, I don't know if I'd use the word intimacy, but sort of personality to it, uh, sort of human connection. It's just not quite as deep. And I think that's one of the inherent draws, at least for me, in tabletop wargaming that I don't get in most video games, is the ability to, like 
be in a place with a bunch of people that I enjoy talking to about this like crazy little hobby that we're into. And no matter what you do to kind of take away some of the clunkiness out of the actual UI, you will never be able to like fully patch away that drawback to being in a digital format. And to take that even further, like the models you're using are like models someone else has made, or if you make them yourself, you make them yourself, but they're not as customizable as models you've built and painted and made yourself. Like the artistic element of the hobby is thrown out the window with this. And I think that's a lot of the reason why a lot of people are in it. Yeah. I mean, because they can write the lore for their guys and then physically make their guys look a certain way. Yeah. And also, like, most of the stuff that you get out there, you could grab from the community workshop, but not everything exists out there in the quality yeah. you want, you know? I mean, some of them are literally, like, 2D pictures on a little, like, on a base. Yeah. Which, and it's, you know... It's kind of like an age-old argument. Before there was Tabletop Simulator, there was people who made paper cutouts and put them on bases and played with those. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a thing people used to do. And I think that's great. And that's why I think that, yes, it's going to replace parts of the hobby. And no, it won't. In my experience, even in the old days, when people proxied models or proxied things with other things to play the game, it wasn't because they didn't want to buy the models. It's because they didn't have the money. Or because they wanted to test something. Or they wanted to see how something worked before they spent their hard-earned money on it. And I think there's zero problem with that. Um, I think that most people want this like want to buy into the hobby they, they want to have the thing but you gotta like there's no problem with letting them test it first <laughs> like yeah there's no problem with letting them play it and i think this would actually get more people into the hobby because imagine if you have a new player and you're sitting down and you're like hey well why don't we play i know tabletop simulator you already have it because you've been playing more games on it during quarantine what if we, if we tried out this warhammer game and you know, I teach you the basics and maybe they like it and they can try out different armies and then decide which start collecting box you're going to get. Like you can use as a tool to help bring someone into the game without having to get them to spend a bunch of money or like even travel. Like they can do it in the comfort of their own home. What'd they lose? Like a Saturday afternoon? Yeah. If that, I mean, it is incredibly convenient and I think that's why it's going to stick around. Yeah. Um, At least in some forms. But I think the moment in-person games open back up tournament-wise, people are still going to go to those things. And I think, especially at the beginning, people are going to be chomping at the bit to get out of quarantine and go see their friends that they haven't gotten to see in now over a year. Like, Lord knows John and I are. Like, the moment quarantine's over, yeah, we're going to get together, we're going to play games all weekend, and we're going to have a ball. But in the meantime... We're going to take bromance pictures and post them all over social media for all of you to see. God, yes. It's got to be so fun. Um, but in the meantime, this gives us a way to play. And even once quarantine's over, we're probably still going to play it from time to time just to try out new things. And so we can play more often than we might be able to in person. Um, And like speaking of tournament players, even they have said that this is an incredible tool for them. This is absolutely incredible because it allows them to test out lists or ideas without having to buy into it or like find appropriate proxies to test out stuff, to, like, figure out things and, and and check it out. Like, it's it's great. And, like, I've been listening to some other podcasts about, like, 40K players, um, some frontline gaming stuff, stuff like that. And they'll discuss all the time about how, like, 
the the clunkiness of tabletop simulator helps kind of like create a better sportsmanship around the game because inherently you have to accept that some things are clunky and that you can't be super precise oh yeah and so you have to you have to talk and have a conversation about intent with your opponent which really kind of like helps create like a sportsmanship because if your opponent tells you my intent is to be within an inch of this thing but because the damn computer game won't let me do it but i physically could do it if we were in person the other person will be like yeah okay and that yeah. kind of uh, builds up a trust. Which we felt last night, like, rather often. Yeah. Like, John was deep-striping stuff behind me. And, like, he's trying to get, like, just nine inches away. But sometimes the computer and the models do not want to sit exactly where you want them to. So it's very easy for me to go, hey, bud, like, I know where you're trying to be. Don't worry. Just put it wherever it'll go. Um, yeah. No problem. Or, you know, hey, I don't want to pull that in combat. So I'm going to tr- I intend to be just outside of three inches. Um, and maybe some of the models won't want to sit there because of the way that like the physics locks stuff in place, but like, you know what your friends are like, you know what your opponents are going for. Yeah. Um, And and also it was helpful because like when John was trying to pile in or deep strike, I could go, Hey, I know what you're doing. I'll scooch this stuff in for you. Like, I'll just, I can move all your stuff over here while you move over there. I got you. Um, whereas in person with like physical fiddly models that can break, you know, there's an inherent drawback there, but online, no issue. Yeah, and I think that with with that game specifically, like with a uh, tabletop simulator specifically, you can build that kind of like relationship and conversation, and that benefits players at all degrees of play. Oh yeah, for sure. Not just like tournament players or casual players, like a lot of things are. This is something that just helps everyone. Yeah, and I think it's conversations that we should have been having all along, but that we might not have been doing because we didn't need to. Um, and I, at least for me, I will probably take a lot of this even once we go back to in-person gaming. Like, if somebody, you know, if somebody accidentally scooches close enough to pull something in combat they didn't want to, I'm still going to let them scooch out by like a like a half inch or whatever. Like, guys, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Their intention yeah. was not to do so. It's fine. We don't need to have a gotcha here at our fun game. Like, this is just building a habit that we always should have been doing, but we just never noticed because, you know, never had to. <laughs> and a- to like to to kind of build upon that with a, how it can help in our hobby, like as we're, you know, playing the game post quarantine and like more in person, uh, I'm going to keep using it because I'm going to use it to test armies. I have like a chronic disease where I go, man, I would love to play X army. (laughs) Oh God, every Um, day. Yeah. And so like, if I actually like take the time to find on tabletop simulator, play a couple games like Joe or my other friends and like decide, okay, no, I really like this. Well, then I can buy into it. But if it's just like a passing fancy, it can just be a passing fancy. Mm Mm-hmm. You'll like, know within a game or two online that, like, yeah, this isn't for me. Or, I have fallen in love with this faction. Give me the plastic. Yeah, I'm planning on doing that with those Yark Bone Reapers and you with AOS. Uh, oh, I'm totally down, my dude. Problem. Totally down. I have an actual problem. Like, I... <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like... Don't worry, I'm with useful. you. Yeah, that's incredibly useful. Um, And you can use this, like I was saying before, to bring other people in. Because it's really easy to just look at someone and go, $20, would you like to play a game with me? Sometimes not even that. Like, it goes super sale often. 
Yeah, and I'll be honest, like me and Joe live about what, like two hours away from each other? So an hour and a half if there's no traffic. Yeah, and so like it's not it's not a long drive, but like sometimes weekends are full of stuff and we only have like a four hour block to like play a game maybe. Well, this is a solution if we're gonna like want to play a game with each other. Yeah, I mean there's something to be said there. Like you know, we are already talking, kind of looking forward. If people do want us to do in-person battle reports, like, we'd have to do a bunch at a time because of the distance we'd have to travel to be able to sit down and play. But here, that just goes away. Any night that we're both free, boom, let's game. And that's what exactly what happened yesterday. Like, we did no pre-planning. None at all. We didn't even talk about it. I literally texted John at, like, three, hey, didn't you want to play TTS sometime? And he was like, oh, you right. Let's do that tonight. And it just happened. Um, we sadly could not do that with an in-person game just because of the distance. Yeah, I mean, you you have to plan out. I mean, even if we lived close to each other like in the same town, we would still have to plan out. Like, okay, where are we going to go and play? Because neither of us really have a space where we can have like a, a big table with a bunch of terrain. Working like, on it. Yeah. Um, you know, where like we have to get our models together. We have to tell our partners like, hey, we're planning on going and uh drinking energy drinks and eating chicken nuggets while we play with plastic army in for eight hours. Hope we bought a bottle of wine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. we gotta get out. Here, there's not so much of that. And also, big benefit to tabletop simulator. Um, let's say you try to do that, and you're like, hey, you know, you tell your whoever you live with like yeah i'm gonna be kind of unavailable for a little while uh i'm gonna go play let's say you get halfway through and you have to step away like maybe you have kids and one of them just like threw up everywhere or you know something pops up where you have to step away for a little while you could literally hit save save the entire board state close it down and just open it back up later yeah so like even if you're halfway through a game and like you're both having a blast if you have to step away you don't have to end that game you literally just have to go up oh, sorry uh maybe we reschedule for like tomorrow night and then it's as easy as hitting open to yeah. go right back to where you were you didn't miss a beat and uh, with that in mind i kind of want to bring up another point um warhammer is an expensive hobby like like mini wargaming is like a it is a luxury hobby. hobby. Yeah. Like like you can play skirmish games like Kill Team to make it a little bit cheaper. You can play stuff like Infinity to make it a little bit cheaper, Malifaux. But if you want to play like Warhammer or Age of Sigmar, it takes time and money to get the stuff and build the stuff and paint the stuff. Uh, unless you make good money, you can't just drop hundreds of dollars on an army to start. Like yeah. it's gonna take months. It's gonna take months of work, and that can be hard to keep the the, the energy going. With tabletop simulator, not so much. I don't know, like maybe somebody is into the worlds, right? They love reading the books. They love watching stuff about it on YouTube. Like they love maybe listening to the show and, but they just can't fit it in their budget to like buy a bunch of stuff every month. Maybe they can only afford to buy like a box a month, if that. And they're like slowly building up an army. Well, they still want to play the game and Tabletop Simulator gives them that opportunity. Um, I think that's great. Like, I yeah. think that's wonderful. I mean, without it, more there's... people engaged. Without it, there's nothing else. I mean, it is the only game in town, if, unless you want to drop a couple hundred dollars on plastic and then speed yeah. build it and then cross your fingers that that's the faction that you're going to be into when you all get, you know, to the table. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent years, like, in my late 
teens, early 20s, where I just could not rationalize spending money on the hobby. I would buy all sorts of novels. I would, like, find, like, go to a half-price books and find, like, uh, the role-playing books for, like, Rogue Trader and Only War and stuff, and I would read them. Almost no one ever really wanted to play in a game with them because it had, like, really lame friends. But <laughs> I would, you know, read about it and be excited. But then I would go look at the Games Workshop store and be like, man... I have to pay rent. Like, I can't... Yeah, man. I, that, I can't go spend a couple hundred God. dollars on plastic army men. Preach it, brother. I mean, that's why I didn't start until after college. Like, um, as much as I have been into, like, D&D and fantasy since I was, like, 10 years old, and, like, it's one thing to play a tabletop game where all you need is a book and some paper, to, and, like, you're off to the races. Um, however... I, there was no way for me to play this game until I was out of college. Like, even though we were interested, not just me, but a few of my buds were always saw the models and thought they looked absolutely awesome. Just couldn't afford it. Like, you know, when you're younger, you don't have disposable income. And that is a large barrier to entry. And if this would have existed at the time, I might have started in this hobby way earlier than I actually did. And like, I, don't get me wrong. I also don't have a ton of disposable income now. I'm a school custodian like i don't make a ton of money but i have overall like better budgeting skills and stuff so i've, I've been able to afford it and even then like like i said i would love to be able to put more money into this hobby all the time but i can't tabletop simulator lets me feel like i'm still engaging with new stuff though which is awesome and uh i don't think anyone should shame somebody for doing that if they you know can't yeah, and fortunately, I don't think the community seems to be. I mean, as much as, you know, we usually kind of laugh at how complainy the community can be at times, um, kind of like ragging on just about any news story that pops up, uh, everybody seems to be pretty well taking to Tabletop Simulator, which surprises me, but I'll take it. It's a win. I mean, um, I, there has been a significant reduce in salt over the last year because I think a lot of the people that were using, like, the game as, like, a prop for their, their other issues have kind of just left. Like, yeah. the, the game has had a huge influx of players, sure, but it's mostly people who have been like, I finally have the time to do this. Yeah, over a quarantine, when you have nothing but inside time, um, it is a great time to get hobbying done. <laughs> yeah about the only good thing to come out of it well joe do you have any other uh like tips that you think the tabletop simulator could help with when it comes to, like hobby <sighs> how would i put this one i think it's rapid expansion also bodes well for whatever comes next and that that's probably going to sound a little cryptic and vague and that's because it is um <laughs> however what I mean is, Tabletop Simulator, when it first dropped, was not good for us to use. I would I'd say it was downright awful for the hobby. The, the tools weren't there, the boards weren't there, the models weren't there, and it, it was just almost unplayable. However, especially over the past year, but even before that, the community got together and went, Hey, we could do better than this. You know what? I'm, we're just going to fix it. Like, I'm, we're just going to fix it. Yeah, yeah, let's fix it. And we did. Like, as a group, it just happened. 
People started organizing events around it. People started making models for it. People started making boards for it with like pre-programmed battle missions and plans in it to where it sets it all up right there for you to make it as streamlined as easy as we can. And they did that with a tool that wasn't incredible to start with. And that gives me hope that whatever comes next, that might be a better baseline. Man, I can't wait to see what the community does with that. Yeah, yeah. I think that on another level of it foreboding well for like the game as a whole is it it is a testament that a game that is so hard to play remotely has become more popular during a time of isolation and a, not a small part of it has been due to tabletop simulator no yeah i think it deserves a fair piece of that pie yeah like i think that like, we've seen the stories about how during quarantine, like, D&D and role-playing, like, tabletop RPGs have gotten very popular because people can, like, do Discord games or Roll20 or whatever. You can't really do that <laughs> with the miniature <laughs> games. It's a little more difficult, uh, for sure. But the fact that they're becoming more popular is very, very good. Um, well, we can talk about in a future episode, like... Some of the stuff we've touched on on these topics, like, you know, playing on a budget or, like being able to engage with the hobby on a budget or like the future of miniature wargaming where that's that's gonna be spicy but like this this year and tabletop simulator is a really good example of that has shown that the game is not just not going anywhere and it's not just popular it's not just here the games are growing and getting bigger than they've ever been no, I I can I remember when I was you know 16 and I would say yeah I like Warhammer 40k and a lot of people would go what's that but now if I tell somebody that who's like roughly within an adjacent circle of mine like it with it with interests they're gonna go oh yeah I know I know what that is yeah that's very recognizable and it's not just like a small part due to like the rise of D and D and like the rise of like other things like the renaissance of these kind of nerdy air quotes subcultures and it's tabletop simulator has just kind of taken that and umped it up because there's a lot of people who start playing the game through tabletop simulator because it was cheap it is and it works on like even potato computers yeah. which is helpful um and i th- i don't know i think the future looks bright for us as a hobby and i hope that when quarantine does end whenever that gets here um I hope that the game stores are even more full now than they were when we got sort of shut in. Yeah. At least that's my hope. Um, Although, also, I kind of hope they're not, because everybody else is going to try to show up to buy Warhammer Quest, uh, Wolfenkarn or whatever. And and I really, really don't want anyone else to have it other than me. Just give me all those models. Give me, give me, give me. Order it. Now. Uh, Pre-order it now through your dude. I would if I could. But it's gotta, not up yet. Oh. Gotta, gotta get it. We, gotta maybe get we it. should put a new segment in here to talk about stuff. But just here at the end, I just want to say, new Warhammer quest. Oh, my lord. Oh, yeah. This like Castlevania style that they're going for. Oh, 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 gimme, 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 gimme. I want yeah. it. Um, I can't wait to play that. And they just also showed off the new uh, Soulblight Gravelords for Age of Sigmar, the new uh, like spooky vampire faction, which is really 
my favorite thing I've heard it referred to as is the Halloween Discord, <laughs> the Halloween Discount Store faction, and uh, I love it. Give me my spirit Halloween army. Just let me have it. Yeah, I I, I want to play against it. I want to play that army too, but I think that it's just better that if you just play it, and I sometimes like borrow it to play it. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, it'll probably end up being the first like joint army project that me and Amanda do. Um. So she really, really likes painting simpler models, like hordes of stuff, because, you know, she gets a little anxious working on bigger projects that she'll mess them up. So in that army, she's really excited to, like, paint skeletons and zombies because she could just sort of, like, relax and do that. You but, can, like, vibe out and, like, yeah. listen to lo-fi and just paint zombies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there's no stress because if you mess up a zombie, like, whatever, put some gore on there. Happy um, little accident. Like, <laughs> But, uh, like, she looks at stuff like Blood Knights and, like, internally screams. But for me, that's my jam. Like, I want to paint yeah. a handful of detailed models. And that's where I want to live. So we're probably just going to split the army up because we both love that aesthetic. Like, she'll take the hordes of stuff. I'll take the big stuff. And, you know, with our powers combined, we'll end up with a, like a, a joint army, which we've never done before, which I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. That's going to be exciting. Uh, like I, th- and also, like, you guys as listeners, uh, let us know some stuff, uh, about what you're, what you're liking about the new content we're going to be coming out with. Uh, we kind of got a, a resounding, like, go for it about having more specific content. Yeah, especially lore seems to be, like, the number one call out that people want. Like, they want episodes covering lore of, like, specific factions, which, you know, I'm excited for because I'm a giant lore whore. Cannot wait. Um, yeah, we'll we'll discuss that. Let us know what you think, what you want to see us do. Um, and if you have other, if you still have feedback, maybe you didn't get to it last episode, do not worry. We'd still love to hear from you. If you didn't get to say what if you didn't get to say your piece, send it to us. Uh, again, YouTube comments, Instagram, DMs, Twitter, whatever. Um, you know, send us what your thoughts are, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, anything like that. Um, you know, we're always more than happy to take your feedback. We'd love to hear from you because that's really what's going to help us orient to get you, you know, sort of the casual, fun, hobby stuff that you need uh, to kind of keep your spirits up and keep on painting and keep on building, which is our whole goal with this podcast. Yeah. Like I think that we'll more than likely when Warhammer quest comes out, we'll, I'll probably hopefully quarantines chilled, or at least all of us are vaccinated at that point and we can like hang out and we can build and paint together as like a, like a slumber party, like slumber Ooh. party with building and painting Halloween monsters. That'd be great. Oh, that we sounds play, so fun. We can play the game together that we can talk about on the podcast uh it'll be, it'll be wonderful yeah i think it's gonna be a blast and we want to bring you guys along for the journey so you know keep an eye on those social media posts and let us know if you got thoughts but i think for now that's been all of our opinions bonafide kentucky fried we'll see y'all next time <laughs>